am excited to welcome you to Live Healthy Naturally, a podcast about how to get healthy and stay healthy naturally. I'm Dr. Samya Shridhar. You can find us on all major podcast hosts, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone. I am excited to interview another amazing woman here. One of those people that I actually was inspired by. I always, always take inspiration from my patients because they kind of help me do what I do. It makes me think how powerful we are, how strong we are, how inspiring we all are. Actually, we all have the same capabilities. You know, even sometimes I have people on some serious regimen. (laughs) And so it also gives us an opportunity to exercise certain kinds of powers that we have and show ourselves what we are made of. And she is one of those people. And whenever I think of something as hard for myself, I think of people like her who have actually done it and not even actually make a big deal out of it, even though it was challenging. So I am excited, honored to invite Nimisha today here. Hi, Dr. Samia. Hi, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it because I know you actually had to make some arrangements to be here, but I really appreciate you coming and sharing your story. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. So can you introduce yourself a little bit, give your background, you know, for our listeners? Sure. So I was born and raised in South Africa. Um, so was my husband, born and raised in South Africa, and uh, all our family is still back in South Africa. Which part of South Africa? I'm from Pretoria. Okay. And my husband's from Natal, from the coast. Okay. So, um, yeah, we all our family's still back there. And we met when I was in my second year of college or university. Um, my background is actually a physical therapist. Okay. I studied that in South Africa. And, yeah, we've been together for many, many years. We're going to celebrate our 18th wedding anniversary in April. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So I know him almost half my life now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can understand that. But yeah, anyways, um, you know, born and brought up in South Africa and uh, I have two sisters. I would say we had a really great childhood. Mm-hmm. It was, I would say it was a little difficult at times because I don't know how much you know about apartheid and in South Africa, I've heard. I kind of grew up during those times mm-hmm. and I kind of witnessed my parents go through those you oh, know, wow. things and a lot of things I think affected us, you know, personally so I think like was it uh, financially? What was the um, effect? I, I I would say it was just more like we didn't have as many opportunities, uh-huh. you know, growing up in in the apartheid era. But you know, even though through that, I can never remember myself not having anything we needed. Like mm-hmm. my parents did the best they could mm-hmm. to always make sure we had everything that we needed, mm-hmm. and I would never hear them complaining about how hard it was and I know that it was probably very hard. That is wonderful, um, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And Especially now in many times when I hear people actually complaining about the littlest of things, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, oh spring, pollen mm-hmm. right. <laughs> or everything. Like, you know, everything. Oh it's raining. Oh my God, it's raining. Oh my God, it's hot. I know. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's amazing. I think sometimes we have to live through those times mm-hmm. to rise above those things. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, having said and done all of that, when I met my husband, Rakesh, 
he was always traveling. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, like traveling just seemed like it was out of reach uh, for somebody of, say, my stature mm-hmm. or whatever. And mm-hmm. he said, I promise when we get married, we'll travel. And that's what we did. Aww. And he, um, once we got married and then he, he got some projects and he was able to take me a little bit. So we, we lived a little bit in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And then we lived in London in the UK for about a year and six months. Okay. And our plan was to go back to South Africa and start a family. And then he got this opportunity in the US and we were like, well, let's go. Let's check it out. Okay. For two years. And it's been 14 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so you are pretty much now, yeah. you know, a United States citizen and you yes. just like it here, I suppose. Yeah, we like okay. it. And especially now, you know, we have two kids and mm-hmm. I just believe that the opportunities for them here are much mm-hmm. better and mm-hmm. fast. And okay. But, you know, South Africa's all always be our home. We haven't right. been able to go back um, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, so hopefully soon. So okay. We'll be able to go back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how so many people have different backgrounds, you know, different experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since you are from South Africa, I want to know or ask you of anything that you want to share as home remedies, maybe that your mom did, your dad did, your grandparents did, somebody did when you were growing up that was amazing thing that actually worked well. Yeah, I think even though we're from South Africa, like our heritage is Indian. Like, so my both my grandparents came from India and uh-huh. settled in South Africa. So I think a lot of the home remedies is still a lot of, you know, those Indian home remedies with mm-hmm. all the herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I remember my dad was very against taking us to traditional doctors. So mm-hmm. I had our first experience at a homeopath when I was six. And he would only ever take us to the homeopath okay. and I remember once or twice if my mom even gave us a paracetamol he would be very upset okay <laughs> so you know we just knew that we don't drink those type of things in front of him so we would have to sneak it in somehow so you were actually using drugs you know, <laughs> you know very odd hiding <laughs> you know but um no my mom too she has always been and still today she'll send me something from Puja Lutra on YouTube about some or other drink for some or other remedy. Like it's just always something uh-huh. which I appreciate because yes. she, if ever there's something, I'd be like, Mom, do you know what I can do for this? Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, yeah, there would just be a lot of different home remedies. I know for a cold, you know, my mom likes to cut a lemon in half mm-hmm. and she would poke it with a toothpick. Uh huh. She would sprinkle some um, black pepper on there uh-huh. and she would stick it in the microwave just to soften it up. Oh wow! Put a little honey over it uh-huh. and then she would make us lick that entire lemon. Oh wow! I've the, never heard of this before. Yeah, at the okay. first sign of a cold. Very she would cool. Do that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then there was just some other, like, Ayurvedic herbs that, mm-hmm. you know, for a cough, mm-hmm. that Sita Palari. Uh-huh. You know, she would yes. put it with lemon, make it paste, and you would have to lick it off the spoon. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff. A lot awesome. of just milk with the haldi in it. Uh-huh. Yes. You know. Turmeric. Turmeric in yes. it. Yes. My grandparents... If we had a cold or a fever, and I know you can't do that these days, but mm-hmm. they would give you a small shot of brandy uh-huh, uh-huh. and send you to bed. Right. <laughs> you wake up in the morning feeling so much better. Yes. I, we just grew up in a very um, home remedy, homeopathic-based family. Okay. Like I remember, so, yeah. as you were sharing about your mom actually doing that lemon with uh, you know black pepper mm-hmm. and honey, I think it's actually a fantastic thing. Uh, and I can see why it would work because of vitamin C. Black pepper actually has a lot of immune system boosting properties mm-hmm. and honey obviously, you know, coats the throat and prevents things. And it also actually stops 
many kinds of microorganisms from growing. Honey does. Usually, naturally, honey has that tendency. That's why you can actually keep honey. It's shelf-stable because it naturally has antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral properties. Mm-hmm. It doesn't allow for things to grow in it, even though it's made out of something that's sweet. It's, it's a, you know, a sugar. Still, it doesn't. So because of that, I can see how it works. The only thing that maybe would actually make it even better, I think, would be to not microwave it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because of the vitamin C yeah. could get destroyed in the heat right. of the microwave. So maybe something like, you know, may, putting the whole lemon in hot, warm water or something can actually soften it up and then cutting it up and doing it would right. make it even better. Wow, but that was, I, I've never heard of that and that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I love actually asking people for these kinds of things because obviously, you know, there's so much to learn. There's so many different ways of doing mm-hmm the same thing or similar thing. So when we have more tools, we can actually use those tools and it's always better to have more tools. Yeah. And my mom actually did this reflexology course. So anything, Uh, anything, any ailment, she'd get her book out called, it was called Helping Your Hands mm -hmm, with All the Points mm -hmm, on the Fingers mm -hmm. and the Feet. And oh yes come and she'd say okay massage this, massage this. <laughs> it's you actually know. acupressure my yeah. dad actually had that book too and my dad learned it so as you're talking about yeah. it i'm actually transported to that so there are points for constipation mm-hmm. on there so my dad you know in india when i was growing up we used to my dad loved to travel Okay, he used to take us to different places and I've traveled a lot in India, which is very unique for my generation because back then people didn't really travel much and if they did, they only went within, you know, a few hours from where you live. And I had actually pretty much traveled all over India. So, which means that in India back then, we weren't really rich enough to be able to fly and it was really for really the wealthiest. Mm -hmm. So we would take the train and the trains would actually go for two, three days. So you would actually take the train for two, three days. And because trains are just filthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to the bathroom there, right? So you would automatically get constipated after two or three days. And, you know, you don't really have, wherever you're traveling, it's not like you're carrying around with you a whole bunch of herbs or medicines or right. things like that. So that's what he would do. He'd be like, okay, you know, press on this point. That's the point for your digestive system. And you would actually relieve your constipation. And you know what? It worked wonderfully Mm -hmm. the same thing with for headaches you know you're on the train and you know you get a headache what are you gonna do now right you know it's not even like you can go get a paracetamol or you can get a Tylenol or something like that even if you wanted to take a medication it's not like it's easily available you didn't even have a little pharmacy or anything on a train you just have to get off on a train from a train station and even those train stations would be many a times like very primitive Mm -hmm. there is not even a train station it's just like a platform and that's about it so, which means you have to learn to do those kinds of things and they used to work wonderfully. So, yeah, I mean, you just reminded me of something that used to happen in my childhood too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were just so many things that was there. Okay, very cool. You said you've been here for 14 years. Mm-hmm. What's your health journey been since you've been in the United States? And uh, were you actually quite healthy growing up in South Africa and getting married and all that? Yeah, I think I was very healthy. I don't, I'm, you know, grateful I didn't have anything major um, happen. I think for me growing up, if there's one thing I can remember was just having very sensitive dry skin mm-hmm. you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I would have some, what we thought then was just some kind of like eczema spots in my um, scalp that would come and go mm-hmm. and it would get better, but then come back, come and go, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think when we moved to the U.S. is when it actually just started to get a, a little bit more worse. Mm. And I know moving to the U.S., for some reason, I used to eat chicken. Mm-hmm. And every time I would eat chicken, it could be organic chicken. I would cook it at home. I would just 
get very ill. Mm. And I um, ended up... Like throwing up? Yes, like violently ill. And twice I ended up in the ER violently ill on it. You know, they had to give me a drip and all that stuff. And this was like immediately after you moved here? Yeah, I would say say, um, maybe about a year or so after I moved here. Nothing would happen to my husband, but I seem to have always had a bit of a sensitive stomach. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I gave up eating chicken. Okay. I just couldn't even stomach it. Uh But other than that, I would say I didn't have any major, you know, issues come up just until maybe two or three years ago. Okay. You know, I I had Amira, my little girl, Mm -hmm. and I think she was maybe around 10 months-ish when when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And then it was the whole homeschool, you know, and Mm -hmm. all of that. And I think it was the end of 2020 when I was just feeling so drained, so tired, just couldn't pick myself up in the mornings. And I just kept blaming it on COVID. Everybody's stuck at home, husband's mm-hmm. working from home, doing homeschool, checking homeschool work, getting kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. And eventually I just went to my OB because I hadn't been back after, you know, having a Myra just to do like my regular mm-hmm. wellness checkup. And, you know, he did my blood work mm-hmm. and it showed that my thyroid was off. Mm. And um, so you, during your pregnancy, you were okay. Your okay. thyroid was okay. I was okay. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was okay. That's where it kind of started off. And I just because it was COVID, mm-hmm. they wanted me to see a an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the wait was about four months to get in. So the only person I did have immediate access to was my physician. Mm-hmm. And I had called this office too, and it was just weird that nobody had gone back to me for about two weeks. Oh wow. It's just weird, the synchronicity, though, of mm-hmm. events. So, I, you know, I started with my physician, mm-hmm. and, of course, he put me on 60 milligrams of Suntory. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, you have Hashimoto's, but we can deal it deal with it with medication. Mm-hmm. So he put me on that. Mm-hmm. I think maybe about two or three weeks into that, I got a call from your office. Okay. And I said, yes, please. And they said, we can see you in another week or two. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you know, six weeks on Synthroid, I was feeling worse than when I was hot on the Synthroid. Oh, wow. And then, you know, that time I think I was seeing you and him. And then he changed it to the armor. Mm-hmm. And I was still feeling terrible. Mm-hmm. He he had said, you know, um, you're destined to get worse. Mm. And your medication is actually going to just increase in dose, let alone come down in a dose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd asked him about antibodies because I had the antibodies. Mm-hmm. And I've read everywhere that uh, because I'm very naturally orientated, I was already sourcing natural ways to heal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a, a whole community that believed you can't bring your antibodies down. Mm-hmm. And when I brought that to him, he said that that's not possible. Mm-hmm. And it's just depends the drop of blood they take and the time they take it like you can't bring it down Mm -hmm. and then I remember I I started with you and that's when our journey started Mm -hmm. and needless to say it didn't go back to the physician when he told me I was destined to get worse Mm because I was just not going to accept that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and then that's when our journey started at the end of um, 2020 so when you actually first heard the word Hashimoto's thyroiditis did you know what it meant or was it something that you had to like research for the first time? So I just tracked back a little bit, I would say about five or six years before that, mm-hmm. I had a miscarriage. And after that miscarriage, my doctor did a whole lot of blood work. They found I had the antibodies. Ah. But I think at that time, it was so low, like it was just at 15. Okay. And my TSH and T3 and T4 and every all the other markers were fine. 
And my doctor wanted me to immediately go on medication. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not, why? Because mm-hmm. all my other thyroid levels are normal. Mm-hmm. So I refused to get on medication. And I had two other opinions. And they also said there's no need for you to get on medication right, right now. And at that time, I was doing some courses with a, like a functional chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also agreed that I did not need to get on medication. Mm-hmm. But he then took me off gluten, he mm-hmm. took me off dairy, mm-hmm. you know, he did like muscle testing mm-hmm. and stuff and he said chicken's not good for you, egg's not good for you, um, soy is not good for me. Mm-hmm. So I think my gluten-free, dairy-free journey kind of started already, you know, oh, wow. a long time ago. Okay, I didn't even know this part yeah. of it. Okay. Yeah, okay. so uh, when you gave me the protocol, like I was already gluten-free, I was already dairy-free, uh-huh. I was already egg-free, I was already soy-free, so that part wasn't too hard for me. The hard part was getting off all the meats, yes. you know. <laughs> So I was already doing that mm-hmm. and you know when I had my first son and he's almost 11 I was already researching ways to be more natural mm-hmm. at home so mm-hmm. I'd already ditched all the toxic cleaners in mm-hmm. our house you know I already thoroughly researched makeup that I put on my face mm-hmm. I double check everything with that EWG website you know that's yes. deep I don't put bring anything to my house without checking that That's wonderful first. but one of um, the things that you actually mentioned that I want to reiterate right now is that Many a times, like, you know, we think that, oh, it just started, but obviously it didn't just start. Yes. So the antibodies had already started going up many years ago. Mm-hmm. But then when I actually saw you, your antibodies were over 900. 900. Yeah. So which means that it was actually not even measurable. We don't mm-hmm. even know how high yeah. it was. Like, we don't right. know what, was it like 2000? Was it 1200? We don't know what it is. It was just over 900. Right. So that's what it was. Yeah. And it started at 15, but if there was something that was consistently done, maybe it wouldn't have gone up that much. You know, that's kind of my only regret. I feel like if I had found you or just at that point, but then I have to not think that way because I feel everything has its time and its place. Yes, because the thing is that also Um, we have to kind of give ourselves grace on that because obviously when it's 15 and first of all in conventional world, the antibodies don't even mean anything. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, now at least people are checking for those kinds of things. Back then, they were not even checking. So somebody even checking that was actually fantastic, really. And that doesn't mean anything because there's no treatment for just the antibodies. And it wasn't really high enough. All the other numbers were okay. You seem to be okay. So which meant that you didn't really have to do anything about it, right? Mm -hmm. So you do have to understand that we do what we do with what we know. No, exactly. Right? So we have to always give ourselves that grace that, you know, it's okay because sometimes it's a... We experience certain kinds of things for us to learn certain kinds of things as well. And then you can never, ever turn it back because sometimes we can just foo-foo it, you know, when right. it's actually minimal, we don't even think of it as a big deal, but when it's really major mm-hmm. and then we turn it, turn it around, it truly, truly tells us how powerful we are, mm-hmm. how our bodies have the ability to heal yeah. naturally. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, everything happens. Yeah. At the right time. I mean, I would say when I when I first heard I had Hashimoto's and this autoimmune condition, mm-hmm. and, and I will say at the end of 2020, the eczema in the, my scalp was just so inflamed. Mm-hmm. And I did go and see a dermatologist, mm-hmm. and he said I had psoriasis. Mm-hmm. And he said these are your two options, steroid creams or... I give you these steroid injectables and I'm getting goosebumps as I talk about that mm. to you. And I just, I for the life of me, for somebody who comes from this natural background, I just could not put this cream on my body just reading through all of these side effects mm-hmm. you know I, I think I shared that with you too and, yes. and we started working and started yes. working on protocol and 
as I'm sitting here right now, I don't have a single spot in yes. my scalp right now. And so another thing that they always say is psoriasis is actually another autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. So what do they usually say if you have one autoimmune condition, mm-hmm. you're going to get another one, another one, another one. But where do they all start? We actually started with your gut, gut. didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So I often say this because it's true that our gut is the engine of this car. Mm-hmm. And so if we actually have to get the car to be running well, we need to also pay attention mainly to the gut. Along with it, we actually pay attention to many other things. Right. And in the conventional world, though, one of the things that's probably hard for people to understand because of this is we always talk about the heart and how it's important to understand the heart. There are tests to actually check your heart. There are tests to you know, even check your liver. There are tests to check your kidneys. What tests do we do that actually checks our gut function? Nothing, but so much of the population suffer from gas, bloating, constipation, hemorrhoids, fistulas, fissures, all kinds of these kinds of things. And nobody even does anything about it. They just go about their life as if it's normal. Mm -hmm. And even in your case, when you came, even though that was not your primary concern, that was actually a major thing, right? Your gut as symptoms. But we don't think of it as a big deal at all. Yeah. And uh, that's where we started, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then what happened after that? So what were the, uh, what were the hoops that I made you <laughs> Oh, my God. There were so, <laughs> so many hoops. so many hoops. I mean, I think looking at the protocol when you printed out, it, it was very um, overwhelming mm-hmm. in, in the beginning. I can um, understand. You know? But like I said, you know, I was already doing so many of the dietary things Mm -hmm. and, you know, the non-toxic swaps and all of that, Mm -hmm. that it was just, for me, it was just a little bit extra. Mm -hmm. And I will say that, you know, looking at that protocol, it forced me Mm -hmm. to to just have more vegetables Mm -hmm. and more greens. And Mm -hmm. even though I was doing it, Mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't doing it properly or I wasn't doing it enough, you know. Right. There are certain vegetables that maybe I needed to eat less of anymore, Mm -hmm. you know. So those type of... um, differences you know we made and I think what you taught me is that you know because you took me off nuts Mm -hmm. and I was like but nuts are so healthy yes but what I learned is that sometimes even though something is healthy it may not be good for you and it can be good for somebody else yes you know yes um and so sometimes even too much of a healthy thing cannot be good for you yes you know is what I kind of what no, I it's know. actually absolutely true um, and especially whenever we talk about these kinds of autoimmune issues uh, we really want to actually have a liver that's working really well, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I and you can share about your cleanses and all that in just a minute as well. And uh, that's the reason why I mostly take people off of nuts. And mm-hmm. again, you know, it's case by case; it's not one size fits all. But also, putting seeds in though doesn't seem to actually have the same effect. So I always put seeds in when I take the nuts out, so you can still get the nutrients that you get from nuts. Mm-hmm. But without those kinds of extra fats that comes with the nuts, that could be harder for your digestive system to digest because nuts are hard to digest. Even seeds are, honestly speaking. So if let's say that you are actually eating a chia seed or flax seed by itself, it's very hard for you to digest. So that's the reason why we ask you to grind it. Mm -hmm. And it has to be fresh ground so that it can be, you know, nicely processed by our digestive system. Otherwise, if you're going to work on your digestive system, if you don't take out the things that are harder for the digestive system, Mm -hmm. how can we actually help the digestive system heal? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other thing that, you know, for me was we talked about all of these cleanses, but then what I also realized that it was... It was kind of more like an onion. Like, mm-hmm. like we first needed to clear up a lot of the inflammation. Right. We needed to open up a lot of those like um, 
detoxification and drainage pathways before yes. you can actually cleanse the liver. That because is correct. Because you can't cleanse the liver, but none of your pathways are open. Exactly. That's what you kind of taught me. So, you know, we had to do all of that stuff, yes. which when we eventually got to like the kidney cleanse and the liver cleanse. And I think for me, the kidney cleanse was the hardest because I saw all of this stuff coming out through ah, my skin and it really yes. freaked me out. Yes. I, I know you got many friends to eat yes. from me and you were like, that's good. Yes. That means it's working. I just yes. drink more water, yes. and then I did, and then I noticed that it all just kind of calmed, yes. you know, down. Yes. Um, so I think that one was was the hardest for me, just having. To so see here it. I do have to say this because it's a lot of times people actually think when something gets worse, mm-hmm. it's actually because there's something wrong happening, and uh, you know we call it Herxheimer's reaction or you know a healing reaction. Sometimes what happens is when things are you're detoxifying. Mm-hmm. But your body doesn't necessarily think, okay, we are doing a kidney cleanse. Everything must go through only the kidneys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like that because you're putting things into your body through your mouth. Right. It's going to go through different parts of the body. Even though we call it a kidney cleanse, does it mean it just goes directly to the kidneys? No. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why every single thing that we take goes into every part of our body, whether it's a conventional drug or an herb, it goes to every part of the body. So when it goes to every part of the body, what kind of effects does it actually have? In conventional medicine, the ones that we don't want it in different organs, we call it as the side effects. But here, what it actually does is because it's actually cleansing, sometimes the cleansing actually happens through different pathways at the same time, Mm -hmm. including the lymphatic system and the kidneys and the gut. And when all of this are actually just, you know, really coming out at the same time, it's almost like an explosion, mm-hmm. if you will. So suddenly we'll actually see an increase in the symptoms. But when we actually start drinking more water and moving things, which is something that I often have to say first, as soon as a patient actually says, oh, I'm feeling worse, I'm like, are you drinking enough water? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I ask because it's flushing out. You need more water to move things out. Right. And so which is exactly what happened. And I applaud you for your persistence mm-hmm. because so many times people stop right there. I know. You know, yeah. or even before. So many a times I've actually seen people come and, you know, spend their money, spend their time, energy, effort, all of that. And then they actually don't do anything for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So obviously when we have a chronic disease that's been going on with the antibody count of over 900, it's not something that will actually happen in one or two months. It actually takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. So do you want to tell the listeners how long it took for the antibodies to drop from being at 900 so it was like I think December or November of 2020 I suppose when so, we started yes yeah, so about October November when I started with uh-huh. you it was over 900 and we started to work and then I think within six months um, from 900 it dropped down to 384 mm-hmm. and then the next blood work we did it was I think in another six months yes. but it kind of just stayed yes. around the 380-ish yes. month yes and then the big change was in January. So we mm-hmm. continued January 2022 yes. of yes. this year. Mm-hmm. It dropped from 380 to 72. Yes. Yeah. So that's actually a year and a couple months. Yeah, a couple of months. So yeah. that's typical. That's common. You know, a lot of people actually don't go that length and unfortunately jump from one practitioner to another, mm-hmm. right? And when they actually jump, Often, what happens is they don't actually give themselves that time to heal from these kinds of things. So, again, that, you know, kudos to you because, yes, it dropped from 900 to 300 and something. And then when it didn't change, mm-hmm. we did it in three months, I think. And it didn't change right. in three months. So, yeah. And after that, we actually did the cleansing, more of the cleansing. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, I don't see this enough. So, let's do a liver cleanse. And when we did the liver cleanses, when it actually switched. So, 
that is how you know because we are partners in this mm-hmm. right it's not you doing it yourself or it's not me doing it for you right. but it's actually us being partners and communicating and i applaud you for being a good communicator okay. you know coming back and sharing experiences saying what you know and respecting what your choices are throughout this process and sometimes it's difficult and if you actually have difficulty then we try to see how we can actually change it but it is definitely a process where you should be able to trust somebody mm-hmm. and you should be able to hold their hand and walk through this mm-hmm. and you put that trust that says something about you that you are the one who actually did that and persistently as well following the protocol despite you having different you know struggles through mm-hmm. this you did not drop the ball Yeah. Yeah. No, that was not an option. <laughs> well, believe me, it's an option for a lot of people. Yeah. So you do have to honor that 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 wasn't an option for you and because of that you made these changes possible. And you know, even though I could actually help guide you, you are the only person who could do it. Exactly. And you did it. Yeah. And Thank so you. what happened to the psoriasis? Uh when did it actually start fading away? I think once we really started doing like the liver cleanses and the kidney cleanse, even though you know stuff was coming out like through my skin mm-hmm. i noticed that the psoriasis was just starting to become very dry and mm-hmm. just kind of flake away mm-hmm. i think that's the time that i really saw the psoriasis get better mm-hmm. you know i i want to also mention that during this time you know you had recommended that i we drop my medication mm-hmm. the dosage down yes. and you remember that time i was so nervous yes. to do that yes you know then you were talking about trust and i was like well we we've come this far and yes. I, and i have to trust yes. um because everybody out there is just telling me you're destined to get worse right. and, I, and i just i don't believe that i right. could not believe that yes and so we successfully brought my medication down and only when we did that did i then also start to see like physically like feeling better mm-hmm. um, you know all of that and sometimes you know, which means more is not always better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes less is better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um you know I started to do um some infrared sauna sessions over mm-hmm. here which I absolutely loved mm-hmm. and then I mentioned that I actually then decided to invest in one at home. Mm-hmm. And so I you know I was doing that and I still do that about 3 or 4 times a week Wonderful. the infrared sauna sessions. I'm actually doing a and then i started to do the castor oil packs mm-hmm. too so i think just the combination of all of that yes. is when i really saw the scalp psoriasis start to change so again castor oil pack on the liver right yes, on the liver. yes so how important it is you know we talk about skin conditions and i often say this in every skin condition that i see that liver plays a huge role liver plays a huge role and people don't always understand it or you know it doesn't make sense to them because we have been so fragmented we have been taught to fragment ourselves right that your skin has nothing to do with your liver mm-hmm. or your skin has nothing to do with your kidneys mm-hmm. but what did we do for your skin <laughs> we did a kidney cleanse and a liver cleanse yeah. which is so weird for most people but here i actually want to interject and just say something about the uh, castor oil compress for people that don't even know what that means you know so it is just literally putting really good quality castor oil on your liver region and then putting a flannel cloth over it and then putting a nice comfortable warm heating pad over it for 20 to 30 minutes at night while you're you know trying to go to sleep or before you go to sleep so this is such an amazing amazing thing that you can use for many different things not just this mm-hmm. it can be used for sinus infections it can be used for ear infections like mm-hmm. even though you can't really put like you know castor oil on your ear you can actually put it on the flannel cloth and just set it on your ear and then put the heating pad and what that does is that actually just allows for the fluids to drain if it's actually just been sitting there and just causes amazing healing response 
and then it's amazing for mastitis you know when mm-hmm. women actually you know are lactating and they actually have a breast uh, infection so it's for that uh, it is amazing for constipation mm-hmm. so if somebody has constipation they can actually put it on their um, colon you know lower part of the abdomen below the navel and it can actually relieve constipation so such a simple tool that when you carry around with you even when you're traveling and all that you know just an electric heating pad with you along with castor oil and flannel cloth you are good to go mm-hmm. so such simple amazing healing techniques are out there mm-hmm. you did I, I do remember so when you first came in you actually didn't just have Hashimoto's and the psoriasis but also it was more of how you were feeling mm-hmm. right so I think that's very important to mention because sometimes it's not just about numbers and I think we would have talked about that as well that don't worry about the numbers first yeah. let's make you feel better first yeah right and and that's the thing you know with the, my previous practitioner on that when he changed my you know he brought my my TSH came down pretty low but mm-hmm. it was still within the normal mm-hmm. and I remember having this conversation and he, you know he said that is perfectly controlled and mm-hmm. I said but why am I still not sleeping mm-hmm. why do I still feel like I have zero energy mm-hmm. and I want to say that he kept just blaming that on a stressful lifestyle mm-hmm. and I was like yes we have stress and I was having stress but I refuse to believe that everything you know we can just blame it on stress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and then that's when I decided okay we're gonna we're going to try to lower this dose and Mm -hmm. see what happens Mm -hmm. because you're right what I've learned is that yes even if the numbers are within the normal we Mm -hmm. have to go by how we feel yes and sometimes your numbers may be slightly outside normal Mm -hmm. but wait how am I feeling I'm feeling great well okay well let's just Yes. Mess with it. Yes. Um, no, that's wonderful. That's actually such an important lesson. I talk yeah. about that all the time to people. Do not abandon how you feel mm-hmm. for numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying numbers are not important, but I'm saying that's not everything. Mm-hmm. Because I have seen this over and over and over again. Patients who have perfectly normal numbers, but they feel horrible. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? I mean, I can't really put those numbers on my forehead and walk around when I'm feeling like crap, right. right? So it's very important for us to actually not abandon ourselves or how we feel because our body automatically, I mean, the only way the body can actually speak to us is by the way we feel. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to pay attention to that. And so that is the first thing that we actually address. And that was the one that changed for us even before we actually focused on those numbers, right? right? right. Yeah. So that's that was a very important thing that I wanted to bring up as well as like, you know, the quality of life when you even have normal numbers versus when you feel good right. changes everything, isn't it? Absolutely. Because I couldn't, I mean, even though it seemed to be within the normal, I mean, here I was and I still couldn't function and right. we're still all in the middle of COVID with right. homeschool and I'm like, I just can't function. Right. Yeah. I remember that. And obviously when putting you on protocols and things like that, your energy, mm-hmm. the way you feel makes it possible for you to be able to do those kinds exactly. of things and keep going as well. If you're feeling like crap and I put you on a hundred things, it just is going to be even more harder. Right. I mean, it's it's just amazing, you know, whenever people come and share their stories and I always say that it doesn't have to be me that needs to treat you because there are so many amazing practitioners out there, but mm-hmm. this is just a way to get as many stories out as possible mm-hmm. as to, okay, if you have this condition, it's still healable. This person has done it. You can do it too. Mm-hmm. And so you are another example. Yeah. And that's why you know, I'm so appreciative of you coming and sharing this story because it can give hope to someone else. Maybe they have heard the same thing. They've right. heard that, you know, this is not healable. This is not something that you can do anything about. You just ha- can't have to manage. Yeah. I mean, one in three women actually have hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. It's so common. And one in three women believe that there is nothing that they can do about it. 
I mean, I when I when I was first diagnosed, you know, and I was talking to my doctor and just reading, and it was like, well, you're going to start gaining weight, right? And you're going to start looking puffy, mm-hmm. and I was just like, no, I, I know that that is common, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that is normal. That is correct, and I refuse to believe that just because I have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, I'm going to continue to gain yes. weight. Like, yes. I think that is that's going to happen because something else is not working. Yes. So we kind of need to get to the root cause. And I was just like, there's just no way I'm going to sit here and believe that. <laughs> and the thing is that your belief actually plays a big role in it too, because a lot of people actually will believe it, will mm-hmm. take it in. Like even today, I had a patient who said to me that, you know, I just turned, so she just turned 40 yesterday. So she said, well, I just turned 40. So from here on, everything is going to go down mm-hmm. south. I'm like, please stop saying these kinds of things mm-hmm. because the moment you believe it, yes, it's going to go down south. Not because of anything else, not because you turn 40, but because you believe that. Mm-hmm. And because you didn't believe that's your destiny, mm-hmm. you were able to heal. So this is another important thing that I actually want to reiterate is that you have to believe that you have the ability to heal in order for you to be able to heal. Absolutely. And and you know what I think is important too is, and we've had this conversation also many times, is that you know, when you have this kind of autoimmune condition or whatever, it's it doesn't mean okay, like all my numbers are back to normal, fine, I can just go back to doing what I did previously. Right. Like I believe that there's a maintenance. Like yes. you have to still maintain it. Yes. And do I feel perfect every day? No. Yes. Um, but then I know I have to go back and check, okay, well, am I getting to bed early? Yes. You know, am I um, doing my meditation and my breathing? Mm-hmm. Well, how many sauna sessions did I do this week? Right. You know, like I have to go back and say, okay, where do I need to pay mm-hmm. a little bit more attention to bring my whole body back into And that's balance? not just you, Nimisha. That's yeah. not just because you have an autoimmune condition. This is true for all of us. Mm-hmm. All of us have to do maintenance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a car, right? A car will only run as well as you maintain it. Right. It's not just putting fuel and just running it for the rest of its life or running it down, right? right? Or running it 24 by 7. You need to actually give it rest. You know, you need to actually go do an oil change. You need to actually change parts if it needs to be. So in a car, that is true, which is not even like a living thing in a human being. These are things that all of us have to do. Mm-hmm. If we do, if we neglect this body, then it's going to let you know. Mm-hmm. Simple. Absolutely. As simple as that. And it'll let you know, let us know through pain or it'll let us know through a disease or an illness. It's going to let us know though. Mm-hmm. So that is our key. And you're already doing it. You're gauging how I feel mm-hmm. and then noticing what am I doing mm-hmm. or what am I not doing mm-hmm. and correcting it so that you can actually keep, you know, staying healthy. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. And um, I appreciate you being such a trooper, wow. a warrior. Thank you. Okay, and now sharing your story with other people so other people can also know that if you can do it, they can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. All of us have the same power, which means that none of us are really like, you know, born with superpowers or, you know, none of us have horns and tails or, you know, wings. <laughs> none of us do. So all of us have the same powers, which means that it is just. First, believing that it's possible for me, that my body is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. And second is actually finding someone that you can trust and then, you know, keeping on doing what needs to be done for a period of time, mm-hmm. not in a month and run away or two months or three months. But if you have suffered from something for a few years, then you have to actually do it for a few months at yeah. least consistently to see a good change. And then we will actually prove to ourselves how powerful we are. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, almost a year and six months into this journey, mm-hmm. and I remember you saying, like, 
maybe you just have six months more to continue. But mm-hmm. then if you stop now, mm-hmm. it's going to come back and then you're going to probably have three years into, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. why not stick, you know, to the yes. journey? And, yes. and, you know, we're still working on a few things and yes. we're sticking to it and we're seeing that progress, yes. you know. I quickly want to say that when we started in 2020, the, I think the best thing that we also did was that thermography. Mm-hmm. Because a year after that, you yes. know, you can speak to the, to just actually see yes. a change, you know, yes. like have something tangible to that you can yes. see. Yes. Is, um, it was really incredible to see. And also, I think that was helpful for us because the thermography showed that your detoxification pathways are not moving, mm-hmm. which helped me open up those pathways before I even detoxified you. Otherwise, your psoriasis would have actually gotten worse if I just started detoxifying you. So yes, again, you know, doing all of these things, but being able to trust and being able to do that consistently, persistently, is what has actually changed all of these things. So thank you for coming in today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So another day will actually get you where you have no antibodies for it anymore, 100%, right? I'm for it. Yes, yes. (laughs) And it's going to happen very soon, sooner than later. And, uh, you know, then you can actually share that as well. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, Namisha. Appreciate you. Thank you. I know you have things to do and places to be, and you chose to listen to me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'm Dr. Samya Sridharan, and it is an absolute honor to be heard by you. I hope you enjoyed and learned something from this episode. Show us some love and share with your friends and family. And be sure to tune in to our next episode in two weeks. Much love and help. Until then.